As a young man in ministry, I oftentimes found myself sitting in the woods, sitting on a lake, and thinking about the Lord and the different kinds of lessons that can be learned from the outdoors that are clearly taught in Scripture. I was also at that time reading Steve Chapman's books that he has regarding the outdoors, and I fashioned a few stories like them, and they never went to print, but I was going through some papers today, and I found them. There's four short stories, and I'm going to read them to you on here back to back, and hopefully you will enjoy them. The first one is about a year-and-a-half-old buck. The wind was almost non-existent as a buck floated through the trees toward my location. I'd been sitting in this tree for what seemed like days, although it had only been an hour. I had just finished a long series of grunts that I believed was going to bring that big buck my way for a shot of a lifetime. The buck was coming, but it was not anything close to the buck of a lifetime. His two long yellowish-colored spikes rose into the air like pencils, minus, of course, the erasers. I was hoping and praying for something that was going to win the big buck pool at the local sports shop. This one may have been close, in five more years. As I watched a small deer coming in, he was reminiscent of a teenage boy out on the prowl. He had one thing on his mind and one thing only. Too often, it is behavior like this that makes young deer and teenagers lose their lives. While a young deer may end up in somebody's freezer, a young man or woman may end up living a life of sin if these feelings are not kept in check. These sins of the flesh have been the downfall of many good Christian people. Jesus said you don't need to have a physical relationship with someone. All you need to do is have lust in your heart. This lust leads to sin, spiritual death. Without repentance, this lust, even minimal, leads to hell. You need to ask for forgiveness through the shed blood of Jesus Christ to wash these feelings away. Forgiveness for the sin of lust. I thought for a second about drawing my bow and getting some camp meat. But knowing how this young buck must feel, I let him pass. Maybe someday he can keep the feelings in check that can cost him his life. Story number two. The bobber landed without disturbance on the water. I had pulled off the perfect cast. I knew that a cast like that would lead to a bite in no time. The worm was dangling precariously from the hook, tempting any fish that may come past. In what seemed like seconds, the bobber began to bounce, a little at first, and then the bouncing took on a fever pitch. I waited for the bobber to go down. I began to think about just how ironic it is that this scene plays out in the lives of Christian men and women every day. The devil casts out his bait. He waits for the water to still and the bobber to begin to bounce. While on this occasion I was using worms, the devil will use pornography, alcohol, nicotine, Anything that can be used as bait to get you hooked. He has no special secret bait that he uses. He casts out several kinds of lures at Christian people day after day, hoping to see his bobber bounce. My mind being off the task at hand, I looked back at my bobber only to see a vast expanse of water. No bobber. Realizing that the fish had taken the bait, I jerked on my fishing rod and the fight was on. He began tugging at my line, trying to free himself from almost certain demise. When you take the devil's bait, he has you hooked. 
You may start tugging at his line, but the hook will remain embedded in you, fighting to free from spiritual demise. You run one way and then another, trying to shake Satan's hook. The fish began to tire, and I did not need to reel as fast to keep up with his frantic fighting. The hook was set deep, and there was no chance of him getting away from me. There is more hope for a sinner than for this fish. When hooked by the devil, if one can remember these words, Father, I am a sinner, I believe that Jesus died on the cross for me and to save me from my sins, and I ask you for forgiveness. The hook can be dislodged, and you can swim away. Again, my mind fell off the task at hand. Even when you are tired from fighting against a devil's fishing rod, there is still a chance of escape. With this thought in my head, I came to the realization that my line was slack. I no longer had a fish. The line had broken. Is there a prayer for fish to say to escape the fisherman's line? We will never know for sure about the fish, but I'm sure about the people who have been hooked by Satan's bait. Repentance for your sins and repentance for all future sins can lead to you being able to swim free in the lake of the Almighty rather than being cooked in Satan's frying pan. The third story I have is entitled Bullseye, and this one is handwritten, so I may stumble at a spot here or there if I can't read my own writing from, I believe, 2007. Everything seemed perfect. I had just shot a five-arrow group that all hit within inches of each other. All five would have hit inside a paper plate. Biologists from all over tell you that if you can put all your arrows in a paper plate you can harvest a deer. The people that believe in God yet don't attend church are like these archers. They can hit the paper plate, not striving to hit the bullseye, as long as they hit the target they are satisfied. I adjusted my arrow rest. Using a tape measure I had made sure the arrow was distance equally from the bow's riser in front of and behind the rest. I also made sure that the arrow was leveled on the rest. Drawing and shooting my bow five more times, I found the arrows hitting all around the bullseye, some hitting the edge of the bullseye, others just narrowly missing the edge. The people that attend church regularly, putting their offerings in the collection plate, singing the hymns, and then going home are like this round of arrows. Sometimes they will go all week, not thinking about the Lord. Other weeks they will minister to co-workers, read the Bible daily, and be in fellowship with God, helping others as they go through the week hitting close to the bullseye sometimes, other times nicking the side of the bullseye, always coming close to being the child of God that he wants us to be. I loosened my sight pin and moved it slightly. My first arrow hit dead center of the bullseye. The second arrow hit so close to the first that you couldn't slide a piece of paper in between them. The third and fourth hit equally as close to the first as the second did. The fifth arrow hit dead center of the first, drawing itself deep inside of the other shaft. These arrows are like the people who strive to be as Jesus is, not only going to church on Sundays, but every day that there is a gathering of the body of Christ, tithing every week, giving of themselves personally to whomever may need a helping hand, a shoulder to cry on, an open ear to hear their problems, or to help them figure out an issue, loving their neighbor as themselves, doing unto others as they would like done unto them, serving the Lord, baptized in the Spirit, prophesying, making the most of whatever gifts they have, using it to glorify the kingdom. These brothers and sisters are hitting dead center of God's bullseye, spiritual arrows hitting so close that not even a hair can slip between them. 
some of these arrows hitting inside other spiritual arrows, the ultimate in spiritual accuracy, every shot hitting on target, glorifying the Lord. Where do you stand in your walk? Are you satisfied with just being able to hit the plate, or do you want to be able to put arrows inside one another, helping a couple of people into salvation in your years, or everyone who walks into your spiritual path, hitting somewhere in the vitals with an arrow of God's love, or making sure that whoever feels hit with God's love feels it in their heart? The choice is yours. Do you shoot that arrow in an as-is state, or do you adjust your rest and sights to make sure God's love is embedded deep in the bullseye? In the final story, the gobble thundered through the trees and down into the valley I was sitting in. My back and shoulders were pressed into the giant white oak base, camouflaging my slightest move. Any minute, I thought, any minute. The seconds ticked by slow at first, then they got even slower. My legs were asleep, my back was cramping. Good Lord, please bring this bird in here fast before I have to move. In an era of instant satisfaction, it is hard to wait on anything or anybody. When we are hungry, we are satisfied with driving past a little window just so our animal urges are met. Even if a better meal awaited, even if we were to sit down and wait in our urgencies, we seek that little window. Another gobble snapped me back into reality, then another. I purred a few notes from my handmade wooden box call. Two more gobbles. The ultimate. A double gobble. I just had a turkey hunting blessing. The double gobble is a word in turkey lingo that says, Here I come, and I can't wait to get there. I'll be there as fast as possible. An old gobbler who has been around a while will come to the call slow and steady, like someone who can wait for his meal, knowing that a better meal awaits with patience. This bird was coming in fast, like someone on the go. So busy that they can't sit and wait for a meal and have to stop at the little window. The bobbing of a fire engine red head caught my eye. The massive gobbler was in a hurry. He ran down into the valley at what seemed like a hundred miles per hour straight for my position. I moved my gun to a brushless spot ahead of me. My right eye focused on the bead of the barrel of the old 12-gauge shotgun. My hands tightened on the stock, my fingers resting slightly on its hair trigger. I patiently waited for the perfect shot, not a rushed, hurried shot, but a slow, well-aimed, well-placed killing shot. Several times as a bird strutted in front of me, I could have took several shots, but none of them were real good. I wanted that one killing shot. How different would your life be if it had been slowed down, if you'd taken the time to be with God, to have done unto others as you've done unto them, if you had let the man at the store with only four items go ahead of you in your full cart if you had done the speed limit on the way to church you may have seen a great variety of god's creatures in the far ends of fields and meadows if you had only stopped for one second to accept jesus christ as the lord of your life if only if only if only the 12 gauge roared and bucked in my hands a giant flash of fire from the barrel and a blinding cloud of smoke on the other side of the cloud a dead gobbler who had taken his last trip to the little window in the brush ahead of me. Please take the time to slow down and accept Jesus as Lord. Without him, you will only <clears throat> rush through life, finding that you also have made one too many trips to the little window. Well, I hope you enjoyed them stories and
we'll see what else I find in here and we may have more content coming later today. Have a blessed day all.